difference between what it means to be good when you're trying to be epic. Uh, no, you don't gotta believe in me. Nothing can stop me. I already said it. I'm taking everything they stole from us. Yeah. You got your problems, I'm a whole nother. I'm giving people something to believe in. I'ma show them freedom like a bone cutter. We gon' fight back. Yeah. We breaking chains over here. Yeah. And you can stay over there. Stay. Cause this is revolution mixed with execution. We insane over here. Welcome back, everyone, to It's Last Call. Last Call with the alcohol only on. It is the Blue Wire Hustle Network. And now, join me on the line. It's been here. We'll be fighting once again. It'll be PBC on Fox. It'll be June 27th at the Minneapolis Armory in Minnesota. They'll be taking on uh, Mario Cazares in a super middleweight scrap. Well, with each win, he comes cl- he comes closer to his goal, which is the Super Middleweight Championship. I give you uh, one of the top prospects in boxing, and a man who uh, will say eventually world champion. I give you it's David Morell, along with uh, his translator, is Ana Maria. So, Dave, let's start off here. It's you. It's uh, the uh, Mario Cazares. He's coming off a big win against... Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Uh, he's proven he can handle the thing. What do you see out of him? Like, what makes him a good fighter from what you've seen on video? Vas a pelear contra Mario Cáceres. Él acaba de ganar sobre Julio Cesar Chavez. ¿Cómo lo ves como boxeador a él? No, lo, lo veo este como, como un buen boxeador. Ya saben, eh, tiene buenos movimientos, ¿sabes? como eh, otros otro boxeadores, ¿no? Pero no lo veo como ese gran boxeador que, que como esa estrella en, en el boxeo. He's a good boxer, you know, he moves well in the ring and, and he's undefeated as of right now, but I don't see him as this grand or great boxer per se. How tough is it fighting a guy like this when he has nothing to lose? He's supposed to lose this fight. You're supposed to win convincingly. How tough is that sometimes going into a fight where the expectations almost are too are, are unreal, but everybody expects you now to just start knocking people out within like the first three or four rounds. Qué difícil es tener la presión de supuestamente esta pelea. Él tiene todas las de perder. Um, él tiene todas las. Tú tienes todas las de perder en, en el sentido de que tú tienes el título. Uh, ¿Cómo te sientes tú al sentirte como esa presión encima de ti? No, no, no tengo, no tengo ninguna, ninguna presión porque estoy haciendo bien mi trabajo. Estoy enfocado en lo que estoy haciendo. Y, y, y voy a salir como siempre esa contra las peleas a, a defender lo conmigo y, y hacer este todo lo posible por, por tener la victoria no siento ninguna presión I don't feel it's hard I don't feel any pressure because I've been working my butt off working very hard this camp I'm secure in what I bring to the table and so, so I don't feel any pressure as it being a difficult task being the Let's talk about the big thing here. It's going to be the first fight is since since COVID that you'll have some fans in the uh, in the arena. Uh, you fought twice in 2020. Both times it was closed studio, nobody there. You could, you could hear your corner, or your the opposing fighter could hear his corner. Uh, how happy are you that you get to now have that 
added emotion, but you get to walk in there and fight in front of people who will be cheering, who will be, you know, making noise, have that adrenaline, you know, all the things you probably missed during the last two fights. ¿Qué tan feliz estás sobre esta pelea? En el 2020 tuviste dos peleas, las cuales no tuvieron público. Podía, podías escuchar a tu, a tu esquina muy bien. ¿Cómo te sientes ahora que vas a tener público, la adrenalina? ¿Estás uh, emocionado? Sí, no, de, de, demasiado emocionado. Estoy más, este, estoy un poco más emocionado porque la verdad siempre, ¿sabes? siempre quise ser... Uh, el, el, el ser el, del evento, ¿no? Tener la, la, la pelea estelar y, 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 y tener público aquí en mi propia tierra natal. Y me siento bastante, bastante contento y, y respecto a lo de la esquina, no tengo ningún problema porque por esa parte siempre he, subido, siempre he sabido escuchar bien a, a la esquina en, 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 cuando hay bastante público. I'm beyond excited for there to be um, fans now. That's, you know, what every boxer looks up to, or I guess not looks up to, but looks forward to. Uh, as far as my corner goes, I've always never had an, or I've never had an issue hearing my corner. So that won't be a problem, but I am really excited to represent my adoptive hometown here at the Armory and put on a show for you guys. Take me back to the last fight. It was you versus Mike Kavronsky. And, and it's, it's tough because that's a fight where I'm guessing you looked at that fight and went, I have sparring partners better than him. And you knock him out in the third round. How tough is it not to develop bad habits when you have a guy like that who is just so overclassed that you're looking going, okay, I want to just get rid of him. I want to get rid of this guy. You know, how do you avoid, you know, fighting when you fight guys like Kavronsky from developing bad habits that will carry over to other fights? The penultima pelea fue con Mike Kavronsky. ¿Qué tan um, dificultoso para ti fue con, uh, pelear con un boxeador como el que potencialmente lo quieres sacar del ring lo más pronto posible? Uh, que, ¿cómo, ¿Cómo es para ti pelear con un tipo de boxeador así y no uh, habitar hábitos uh, malos o porque la pelea como que no estaba de tú a tú? Um, la, la, la verdad no fue algo que este, a pesar de poco tiempo que tuve para, para el peso se me hizo última hora. Y este, pero no, no, no fue algo tan difícil. Solamente me acomodé al sistema de trabajo y, y, y traté de hacer, eh, terminar el trabajo lo más rápido posible. I, you know, it's not like it was a difficult thing or anything like that. I accommodate to uh, my opponent very fast up there. Um, but it was a matter of just trying to get, off, get him out of there as soon as possible, the fastest I could. If you're just tuning in, ladies and gentlemen, once again, we got it's David Morell Jr. here on the show, along with his trainer and confidant, Ana Maria. We're talking all things, of course, his win over Mike Gravonsky. We're talking his upcoming fight once again on PBC on Fox against Mario Cazares. Uh, let's talk about you having to grow up quickly. And these last, you know, almost two plus years, 
you've had to go from being a young man to almost a full adult in a lot of ways, not just in boxing, but you've left Cuba. You had to leave behind your family. You've had to leave behind friends. You've had to leave behind, you know, everything you knew to come over to a new world. You've had to learn a different language. You've had to deal with the pandemic. Uh, how much of this, these two past years have been just more about mentally and emotionally developing yourself to become not just a better person, but a tougher person? Vamos a hablar no solamente boxísticamente, pero personalmente el crecimiento que has tenido que enfrentar en los últimos dos años. No solamente de Amateo al Pro, sino que has tenido que dejar tu país, tu familia, acomodarte al lenguaje, un lugar nuevo, una pandemia encima de eso. ¿Cómo ha afectado eso de manera negativa o positiva para ti? ¿Y qué tanto has tenido que crecer personalmente y emocionalmente durante esos últimos dos años? Um, crecer mentalmente y personalmente uh, mucho. La verdad sí, porque es algo, son cosas, tú sabes, eh, eh, bastante bastante difícil y más que tenemos un plan de un, una idea táctica de lo que íbamos a hacer y fue todo lo contrario por, 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 por lo del COVID, pero he, he tenido que, que, que ser lo, lo suficientemente fuerte aparte que tengo he tenido también el, el, el apoyo de gracias a Dios de mi pareja y bueno, eso son una de las cosas también que me ha ayudado mucho a, a fortalecerme It definitely has been a very difficult change uh, being away from family and going through a pandemic, but I've had to adjust. It's been nice to have my partner kind of guide me through things and I've had a great team helping me with everything, but it's definitely been a trying year, but you know, I, I consider myself a strong person and I knew exactly what we were getting ourselves into. It's been tough with the pandemic because we did have a work plan uh, for my career and it's just been a little bit held back per se, but we are continuing to go along uh, with our plans and I'm just happy to, to have an upcoming fight and, and be healthy in here at this point. I'm going to ask both of you guys this question because it's a dual question for both of you. And how times having a relationship with you know each other because you see you see everything the two of you. You, Ana, you see him when he's probably you know days where he's beat up, he's mm -hmm. tired, he has to cut weight, he just doesn't feel like you know doing a lot. Now, David, you see her very concerned because this is a sport where people die. Sure. This isn't football or basketball or baseball where everybody plays. A sport. It's the fight game. So how do you two handle it? How do you two, you know, continue to have a relationship when you have to almost, you know, realize everything each other's going through and accept it, even though there's probably things each one of you would say, no, nope, this is crazy. You got to stop doing this. Or no, nope, this is crazy. You can't worry about this. Está preguntando una pregunta para los dos. Básicamente, ¿cómo ha sido para nuestra relación como para mí, um, al igual que a ti, 
a trabajar juntos y como que lidiar con todos juntos. Si quieres, uh, yo puedo responder la parte que me preguntó a mí y después tú respondes como quieras, Wari. So I think I will answer my part, I guess, and then I'll have him answer. For my part, uh, specifically, it is just uh, admiration at an, like utmost <laughs> level. It what these guys seriously do. It is so admiring, and especially for someone like uh, David, he has had to let go of so much. Everything's so new, and and being at home with him, seeing everything, I really do see all the emotional changes, all the, the hard and grit uh, thing, uh, stuff that he actually has to do and go through to get to these fights that people just see on TV and they see, you know, these strong guys just going at it, but really they don't know how much sacrifice and how much time and how much passion and drive goes into all this, all along with the dedication that they have to put in. So it's been very, very motivating for me having him as my partner to just give more and do more. Um, but for him, para ti, le estaba diciendo que es muy motivante para mí ver todo lo que ustedes hacen, porque si en la televisión se ve la pelea, pero no se ve todo el proceso de lo que ustedes tienen que soportar esencialmente. Uh-huh. <laughs> y para ti, <laughs> for you, oh. what is your take? No. <laughs> Uh, no, sorry. Ah, uh, no. Sorry. Fue, eh, es algo, como se dice, algo, digamos que es difícil, pero él hace que, que, que lo pueda ver fácil, ¿me entiendes? Um, me, me, me apoya, tú sabes, incondicionalmente hasta me aguanta mis mi pesadillas cuando estoy bajando peso. Y este, tú sabes que es algo, algo que de verdad, ¿me entiendes? Son cosas que, que, que vaya, esenciales en... En, en una relación también en la parte de, de lo que es a la, la, la motivación sabe me, me, me estoy lejos de mi familia y ahora aquí la única familia así que tengo es ella me entiende y es lo que una otra inspiración aparte de mi mamá mis hermanos mi, más pequeño otra inspiración en mi mi pareja no que sabe poder seguir adelante poder eh, seguir adelante juntos que gracias a Dios va a estar al lado mío a pesar, a pesar de todo esto, esto que ha pasado de la pandemia, etcétera, etcétera. Ah, you're so sweet. <laughs> He basically said, you know, with the pandemic, uh, it was such trying times and we were able to get through it. And it's easier said than done for me as he as he said in his words, um, uh-huh. I make it look easy because when he is losing weight and he is, you know, having his days where he doesn't really uh-huh. want to talk or deal with anything because he's hungry and he's having to cut weight, et cetera, you know, I've, I've dealt with it in a very graceful manner. Um, but that also it's for him, it's rewarding to even rewarding and motivating to keep going because not only is he doing it for his family, but he also wants to um, do it for us and um, everything that is being sacrificed one day, having a compensation for that, all that we're doing. The goal is very simple. Yeah. Uh, usually most four no fighters don't even sniff, you know, sniff that. They just go, okay, the next fight, the next fight. You're not the average four no guy. There's already people who are saying, Canelo Alvarez, David Morrell, 2022, 2023, book it. 
I know you you're not looking past Cazares. I know you're looking at just next fight. But is there are you and your team now starting to go, okay, let's start getting ready for when that fight might happen. Let's start preparing for Canelo. I mean, because of everything you've done, because of how advanced you are in your career, do you start now preparing for the elite, elite fights sooner rather than later? Yo sé que ahora mismo estás preparándote para Mario Cázares y esta pelea. Pero después de esta pelea, obviamente en las redes sociales, eres, no eres un uh, boxeador común. O sea, la gente está hablando de ya de David Morre contra Canelo Ápares el año que viene. Um, ¿Cómo tú y tu equipo están tomando eso? Es algo que obviamente te estás preparando pelea por pelea, pero ya están pensando en cosas así, peleas de ese de esa multitud y, y, y cómo, cómo le, le están tomando ese, por, esa pelea de Canelo. No, estamos, principalmente estamos, ¿sabes? Eh, enfocados, bueno, todo como uno, ya usted dijo, en, la, en esta pelea. Pero sí, ya tenemos la mente ya pensando en eso, en, en esos nombres, en David Benavides, eh, David es que el plan, Canelo Álvarez, you know, so, todo eso que son hasta ahora los los más esenciales. Uh -huh. Uno de los charlos también que dijo que, que iba a subir, pero sí, estamos preparados ya para, para esa pelea y nada más que nos digan ok, let's go, que es el momento estar ready, que es lo que, lo que mejor sabemos hacer. Yes, like you mentioned, we are focused uh, for this fight, but most definitely we are preparing and always prepared for those bigger names like David Benavides, Caleb Plant, including one of the Charlo twins had mentioned something, so we are most definitely always working for for what's next even though we're focused on the present well, there you have it ladies and gentlemen once again he'll be fighting it's going to be tbc on fox it will be this man against mario abel Gonzalez in the first fight in minnesota since the pandemic and well fans are going to be excited i give you once again all the way from uh santa clara cuba now fighting out of minneapolis minnesota I give you David Morrell. Uh, David, before I let you go, where can fans check you out at? Where is the Twitter page, Instagram, the website? Where can fans hit you up at? David, ¿dónde tus uh, seguidores te pueden seguir? Tu Twitter, tu Instagram. Si puedes dejar, dejarnos saber dónde te pueden encontrar y seguir. Sí, claro. Este, en todas las la social media, soy David Morrell Jr. Todo junto. Um, no sabes, todos juntos, David Morey Jr. Um, ahí pueden seguir este. También está en mi, en mi canal de YouTube. También lo pueden, lo pueden seguir ahí automáticamente. También encontrarán en el link varias, varias cosas que siempre dejo, ¿no? Lo que mi, mi, eh, mi este, como por ejemplo, mantener una dieta habitual. Que ahí lo pueden ver también en el canal de. ¿Sabes? Mi mujer era una cubana. Este, ahí son los dos amigos donde siempre fre, eh, frecuento yo. Yeah, where I'm most frequently as far as social media, it's always going to be David Morrell Jr., all lowercase, all together for Twitter, for Instagram. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel that you guys can um, kind of subscribe to to keep up with my uh, habituals as far as my diets and kind of what, I be, uh, what I'm up to. Also, my girlfriend's page, Anna Laguana, she will always post um, things that I'm doing and kind of what 
we like to do uh, uh, for fun time on my leisure, but mostly David Morrell Jr. for all platforms on social media. David Morrell Jr., ladies and gentlemen, once again, we are proud to have him on the show along with his uh, advisor, spiritual guidance, and his translator, Ana Maria. When we come back, well, we got a lot more going on only on his last call. Last call with the alcohol only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. Gentlemen, only on its last call. Last call with the alcohol, only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. And uh, earlier we heard, of course, from David Morrell Jr. He'll be fighting on PBC on Fox. But this man here will be once again in action. It will be June, it'll be June 26th, UFC Fight Night. He'll be taking on Justin James. And, well, he's helping to get back into the winning ways. And, well, we always have had him on the show. I give you Boston Strong himself. I give you Charles Rosa. Charles uh, you're fighting next week. You're fighting basically next weekend, Justin James. Uh, yeah. How good is it going to be, hopefully, to just get having things get back to normal? No more, you know, quarantining. No more, you know, just having to be stuck I in a hotel. Yeah, I think, well, I think this is a little bit of the last of it. Like, it's still not clear whether I have to be quarantined. Like, I just did a corona test. So, like, it is just getting on the end of it. And I believe this show that I'm fighting on is the last show without uh fans in an audience so um you know it sucks to be like on the last one of those you know because i've already fought on two or three of those and you know i feel like i do best in front of the fans like obviously you know i'm undefeated in my hometown in boston with sold out boston garden and uh you know i got three wins most wins all time in the boston garden so i really believe that i feel that i feed a lot off adrenaline and stuff like that but regardless like you know i mean i've also had some wins you know um with no with no crowds and you know i've had a lot of fights with no crowds before like coming up in the amateurs i fought over 20 amateur fights and you know some of those were in gymnasiums or high school gyms with you know maybe 20 30 people there and then i've been in plenty of street fights with just been a couple of my friends there or fights in parking lots so i mean don't make a difference to me man i'm gonna be ready and i'm gonna be ready to throw down i get, I get that part but how frustrating has it been this almost last year where and I, I get every single, you know, the the play correct, correct thing of, oh, yeah, well, you know, we, we enjoy spending time in a hotel. We don't want to go out there and fight week. How happy are you guys, well, just to have that, you know, option of, oh, oh I love room. that. I won't be able to go no, out. I love that. I don't that. want to be, you know, no, having rules telling me I'm stuck in my, in my room like a little kid during a timeout. Yeah, it's a nightmare. That's especially for the coaches, you know, because like for the coaches, you know, it's it's obviously it's about me, the fight and stuff, but you want everyone happy, you know, and like for me, it's one thing, you know, to be stuck in my room because I'm trying to concentrate in the fight. But, you know, you got you got three cornermen there with you, you know, friends, coaches and 
they also have to be stuck for usually those are like vacations for them, even though they're there to work and be there for me. I mean, it's still them. They get to, you know, they have to be away from their family. They got to be away from their students and their own, you know, life. And that's kind of like a little vacation for them. So that takes away from it. It makes it more work, like having to sit in a hotel room for three days. And it just, you know, it just brings dims down like the whole thing. So the fact that everyone gets to be happy, gets to go out, have fun, you know, like enjoy, enjoy it, make it more like a fun, you know, a fun thing. And like everybody can enjoy themselves. This makes it funner for me, you know, because I, the thing is about this fight is I love this stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, but when they had it like that, like it wasn't really fun to have to sit there for three days and, the way to fight, you know. Take us back to your last fight. It was you versus uh, Derek M- Minor. Uh, unfortunately, you yep. dropped the decision loss. Yeah. What happened? I mean, was it a mental? Is it physical? Is it just, you know, you weren't on your best day? Like, what What happened when you look back at that fight and go, yeah, yeah, this yeah is not I don't really. Yeah, I don't, I don't make excuses after the fight. You know, when they asked me, like, oh, what happened, you know, but. The truth is, you know, I had I had thumb surgery right after the fight. I broke my thumb um, a week before the fight. Um, my one of my last training sessions, it was you know smoked. I I it, you know I couldn't move it. I had the guy wrap it a little bit extra, you know, <laughs> in in the um in the training room, you know, like when they were wrapping my hands, like hey, can you? Re-? I literally had to take my glove off and rewrap it because I didn't think it was tight enough. And you know, basically, you know, a week before, uh, probably about ten days before the fight. I was just doing some drills and I went to post in my hand and the way the UFC gloves are, there's no thumb. So even though it was just training for the fight, I didn't wrap my hands. I just had my UFC gloves on and the UFC has no like thumb protector. So it's not the UFC's fault, obviously like the gloves, but I fell on my hand to post and just my thumb went boom backwards, like touched my wrist. And I was like, Oh no, I knew it was messed up right away. I was pretty devastated. You know, I was like, Oh my God, my thumb, like, it's going to be a nightmare. Like, and I just, you know, iced it obviously and waited a couple of days and, and I went to the fight thinking, Hey, you know, obviously if they wrap it up tight enough, I'll still be able to punch and do what I got to do. But the truth is, is, I mean, it wasn't good. I wasn't able to get up, wasn't able to do my chokes, right. Wasn't able to get my arm bar. wasn't able to grab his wrist. And it really affected me a lot in the fight. But, um, you know, I think, you know, Derek also fought a great fight. He pitched like a perfect game. He did everything right. So, you know, I'm not, I don't like to make excuses and say, oh, I would have won if I didn't break my thumb. But I think the fight would have won differently for sure. How much did it hurt or help him that, you know, as you said, it's still, you, it still was in those fights where there's no crowd. So you can hear the corners. And we talk about yeah. it a lot because we saw it during the heavyweight fight. You have guys who all of a sudden, they get, they get one a lot of one-on-one coaching. They have that, you know, that confidence. It's tough now to set up traps. It's tough to set up submissions because yeah. all of a sudden yeah. you can hear yeah. the guy say, "Watch out for that, who you are. Watch out for this." And all 100%. of a sudden, like, oh, crap, yeah, that's it. actually that's actually really smart. You said that, and like I said, I, I don't make excuses, but like especially in the Bryce Mitchell fight, even more, and it did happen in the Derek Minor fight because I set up the way I do my submissions and the way my game is is a trap. I'm setting traps, like you know, just like strikers do on their feet. They're setting, you know, they're leading them into their right hand. They're they're feeding them into their spin kick. They're doing things on the ground. That's the same level of jujitsu I have. I'm 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 feeding guys into making that one mistake that I wanted to make. So you know, if you got a guy and you're setting up like a leg lock or setting up my arm bar, you know, it takes a little bit of time. I'm, I see him do the same thing over and over and over, and then I'm like, all right, I got him. It's like a you know setting a trap. And then you hear his coach yell, oh, watch out for the armbar. And I'm like, motherfucker, you know what I mean? He fucking saw it coming ahead of the kid. Didn't see it come, but he saw it coming. And, 
even in the Bryce Mitchell fight, I was setting up like a nasty knee bar. I had it set up like, and then I heard his coach go, watch out for the knee bar, like right before I went for it. And he moved his leg over and, and like w- was able to escape it. And I was like, man, that really screwed me over. Like, and uh, you know, it's little things like that. It definitely affects you, but it also can work in your advantage too. So that's why like, I'm not making any type of excuse or any reason. Like it can also help you a lot too. If you get, if you know, if you have, you can hear your coaches clear enough, it just depends, you know, but for me, for the submissions, I think when people don't know, I feel like more people don't know jujitsu, you know what I'm saying? Like fighting at the highest level in the GFC. So if you have a coach that's there, that is like, you know, coherent listening, he might, like, I've been, I've had my coach coach me through submissions in a fight that I didn't even know. Like he's like, Charles, grab the toes, grab the heel. All right. Crank on it. And I've like, gotten leg locks like this before not even knowing never even hitting it and training before because he's coached me through it so it's the same thing in the defense too you can coach guys out of submissions or you can make them aware of it so they don't um you know get caught in that position how much does it also help when you as you said two guys who've beaten are younger guys they have the coaches yep. and as you said there's that adrenaline where all of a sudden you have a crowd roaring things are going well they get yeah. lost in the moment how much difficult is it when it's almost it's like a pure sparring session and every coach can now see everyone yeah. and there is no you know the rule of a crowd that's getting everybody go okay i'm in the zone i'm in the zone and you know i'm not folks coach oh crap i got company bar yeah that's 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 it you know i mean i like i said I, I feed off the adrenaline some people i think for the younger fighters they the adrenaline eats them and takes them down but like I said, I mean, it works, but it can't work both ways. So, like, I'm not saying this, that, like, oh, I could have won this. I should have won that. But there's no doubt, like, even against Bryce Mitchell or stuff like that, like, if I get out of the twister, like, I get out of the twister, all I hear is this coach say, all right, put reposition back inside control. Get on top. Instead of, like, if I get out of a twister when there's a full crowd, the place is going to go berserk. You're not going to hear anything. You're just going to be commotion. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be freaking craziness. You know, it's going to be like a scramble and, you know, things are different, but yeah, man, I mean, I'm just excited to get back in there against Justin. I'm going to show the world when I'm, when I'm back, you know, I try, I switch things up a little bit, you know, like since my neck injury four years, three, three years ago, um, you know, I haven't, I've always been more cautious with my training camps. Like my whole goal is to get to the fight healthy. But this camp, I stepped it up. I turned the dial back up. I know my neck is good. I fought four times since my neck injury, and I've always felt good, never had any issues. And, you know, I, I went back to training the way that I was before my neck injury. So, um, you know, back 100% training, and I'm, I'm feeling good about it. Just Sparring and stuff. Um, let's talk about the most dangerous thing about him. He's lost three fights. So you yep. know but he's coming out there like a bull in a china shop, because if you lose this fight, he's probably gone. Huh? How tough is that fighting guy who literally is going, going, I am fighting for my career. I am fighting for my UFC contract. I am fighting to literally keep putting food on the table, and I got to do whatever I can against Charles Rosa. Yeah, no doubt, man. He's desperate. He's going to come in, and I think he'll fight desperate. So I think he's going to come in throwing big punches, swinging. I know he got power. He's dangerous, but – you know, if you swing at the air enough, you just get more frustrated. So it's going to be kind of like, you know, dealing with the, the bull and the horns, you know, and you know what I'm saying? Like, got to just be the be the guy, you know, just kind of the bull master and just be able to, you know, weather the storm, move around, use my footwork and, you know, just, just, just watch out for his heavy punches and eventually he'll break. And I think I'm going to wear, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to break him down and finish him. I think, uh, you know, after he realizes, and even if he does hit me, like, on top of it, like, even if he catches me, like, I have a fucking chin, you know? Like, these 
I mean, the only time I've ever been stopped in my career was real bullshit. Like I've never been dropped. I mean, I've never been knocked out or anything like that. Like the one loss I have in my entire record of all my amateur and pro fights from a knockout or TKO loss was to Shane Burgos. And that was absolute bullshit. Like I was up two rounds, winning the fight. He dropped me. I got back up and I'm on my feet swinging. We're having a good exchange and the ref just jumps in. Like I'm standing on my feet fighting back throwing punches and the ref jumps in and i'm like what are you doing he's like oh i thought you were hurt i'm like yo like this is a ufc fight like what are you doing like i'm fine and he's like oh fight i already called it and i was devastated that was the only time so i know i i mean i can you know even though he dropped me i get up like that's it you know just as long as the ref doesn't interfere i never been knocked out so I, I i know i got a good chin and i know even if he catches me i'll be able to recover and get back to work Last two questions, I'll let you go. Once again, Charles Rose, ladies and gentlemen, we're, we're talking about before his upcoming fight on UFC Fight Night, June 26th. We, we talked about a lot about, you know, you being a chef and everything. You have a lot of friends in the restaurant business. Florida, they're doing fine. As a guy from Boston, how tough has this been this past year where you've probably heard stories from people going, yeah, we lost our job. Our restaurant shut down. The bar shut down. Uh, we, yeah. you know, our, we lost our entire savings. I mean, for you, for a guy who knows a lot of the people, players, and the chefs, and the and cooks, and people in the restaurant industry in Boston, how tough has this been for you? You know, having those nights where you're talking to friends, talking to people back home, and they're literally in tears because of COVID, everything got lost. Everything they worked our, you know, their dreams and their hearts out basically went poof. Yeah, definitely, it sucks, man. Like I just. Obviously, I wish it never happened, and I've been a little bit um, kind of sheltered from it because living in Florida, like, they have the best regulations when it comes to that. Like, I feel like, you know, it's the most open, you know, they don't shut down the restaurants and all these things. So it's definitely um, it's definitely tough to – it's definitely tough to have to see all of them struggling and the restaurants shut down and stuff like that. But it's just all you can do is move forward. It's like anything in life, you know, things get hard. All you can do is just the only place to go is up now. So hopefully they can all bounce back and get back and doing what they, what they do. And it's definitely tough for the restaurant industry, probably the worst out of all of them, all of, out of every business. How tough was it on you? Because these are your friends. I mean, you know, these are people who get yeah. to know. And as you said, you're helpless. It's, it's not like, you know, usually where yeah. – you can say, yeah, I'll, I'll float you some money. I'm going, you know, loan you some, you know, a couple bucks. Hey, I can get you a job. Yeah. For someone like yourself, how tough was this past year where it's, you're literally going, I can't help them out. It's frustrating here. It's frustrating you probably need them a gym because, you know, you want to help. You can't do that. I mean, how much of this year for you has been just a tough year because all this has been out of your control. And yeah. it even affects you during training because you're thinking about, can't help this guy out. Can't help that guy out. What the fuck am I doing here? How can I, you know, yeah. why is this happening? Yeah, it also is also too is like one thing people don't that I have, you know, the Chucky's fight that helped knock out substance abuse of charity. Like it's been really hard on people like relapsing on drugs and stuff like that. And like a lot of people in the restaurant injury, uh, industry, you know, they're some are in recovery and stuff like that. So when they're out of jobs, not of this, like that's so stressful and stuff like that. It causes a lot of people to have to, uh, you know, um, like, dependence and drugs issues and stuff like that and like addiction issues so i think like like i said i think for the mental health of this whole pandemic has been worse than like the whole pandemic itself that's just my opinion you know everyone has their thing about it but like i think more people suffer mentally which is which is very serious you know than even physically from this so you know hopefully you know now things are getting back to normal 
people's mental health is getting back and, you know, hopefully everything gets back flowing, but it definitely is tough. And I, you know, I've, I've helped a lot of people out. I've mentored a lot of people, you know, try to tell them to be positive, but it's tough to see stuff. It's tough to be positive when things aren't going positive. So that's, uh, you know, something that, you know, I think um, I've been able to help a lot of people with, but some people are still struggling with it now. Hopefully things turn around. It all starts for, hopefully for you and a lot of people. June 26th will be UFC fight night against Justin James. Once again, ladies and yep. gentlemen, proud to have on the show. I give you Charles Rosa. Charles, before I let you go, where can fans check you out at? Where is the Twitter page, Instagram, the website? Uh, where can fans hit you up at? Yeah, for sure. You guys can find me on Instagram and uh, Twitter at Charles Rosa MMA. Guys, follow me in there. You know, I'm always put, posting cooking videos and stuff like that on my stories and Instagram and even on Twitter. Got some cool, you know, recipes for fish and swordfish and fighter diet, Chef Rosa food. So you guys definitely check that out. And um, then if you guys want, you guys can go to Chucky'sFight.com and donate, you know, all for a good cause to help knock out substance abuse. You know, my dad jumps in, the, uh, you know, it's getting warmer now up there, but even in the wintertime, he jumps in the ocean every single day to help knock out substance abuse and raise money for drug awareness for people that can't get help and treatment, mental health. So definitely tune in, check that out. And, uh, you know, tune in for my fight June 26th from Watch Me Take Out Justin James. Charles Russell, ladies and gentlemen, once again, we are always proud to have him on the show. Uh, we come back. Final thoughts on this week and a whole lot more only on It Is Last Call. Last Call with the alcohol only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. gentlemen only on last call last call was of the alcohol only on the blue wire hustle network and well we're we've had two wonderful guests but we get we're almost running out of time so i want to preview this weekend's uh, boxing you have uh, a little sample of everything here, a little bit of this a little bit of that and you know they're all on different times let's start off with the first early card it's going to be uh on the zone it's a lot of Golden Boy fighters, and you know you have some prospects who'll be fighting on the card. Uh, Alexa Rocha versus Jamie Bacon. You have Blair Cobbs, who is on the YouTube channel. Always love to have talking with him as he took on Brad. He's taking on Brad Solomon. You've got Manuel Flores and Tristan Calkirth in action here. The big fights are this, and it's sort of a hodgepodge. It's a hodgepodge of three fights here. First off. You've got Ithbeth Silva, who's 32-6, and six, versus uh, former U.S. Olympian Marlon Esparza. That's for the WBC World Women's Flyweight title. And 
you can always count on women's fighting to just set the bar because they're trying to get equal opportunity here in terms of just basic things. Three-minute rounds. You know, let's do a three-minute round fight. Men, you know, do only, you know, they only do two. Uh, it takes away from a knockout. It takes away a lot of stuff. You figure only, you only have two, two fights here. And plus, if you're Marlon Esparza, you're trying to get that momentum back. I mean, she started off very hot. And then she lost a technical decision to Sinisa Estrada, which really set her back. Bounced back with a nice win over Salim Arbina, but this will be a bigger test for her. This is somebody who's been around for a much longer time than she has. This is somebody who has cut her teeth in Mexico. There's a lot of damn good female fighting around there. And has fought over in Japan and has taken on, you know, world champions, you know, in her career. So Silva versus Esparza, that's a damn good little fight. You also have what I like to call a prospect, quasi-prospect versus the grizzled vet. Uh, Bekmir Melikuziev, who there's a lot of people who are riding this kid. Super middleweight, you know, all the way from Uzbekistan, taking on Gabriel Rosado. Look, this is one of those guys that, you know, Vadim Kornilov has, has literally found out of a woodwork. And so far, he's just rolled over people. And he's been given some tough opponents. I mean, Clay Collier, as we've seen, has done great things. That was his third fight, pro fight. Um, you know, Alan Campa, Morgan Fitch, Oscar Cortez, Vaughn Alexander. Now he's taking on Gabriel Rosado in his eighth pro fight. And he's, he's knocked out, you know, six out of his seven opponents he's faced. He should beat Rosado. It's now going to be if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're Bechtemir Melodikov, you need to find out, okay, can I knock out a guy like Rosado? Can I finish him? Because if he does that, people will be talking. And yes, I get it, Rosado was 154-pounder, but Rosado has been in there with a lot of guys. And only, you know, Triple G was the only guy to really finish him convincingly. He's been in there with Peter Quillen. He's been in there with Luis Arias. I mean, yeah, he's 25-13-1. But this, this is the guy who basically will fight anybody, anytime, anywhere. And look, his last fight out... He took on Daniel Jacobs and literally only lost a split decision. A lot of people thought, hey, he should have won that fight. So, as it is, this is a very big test for Bechtemir. You're going to find out, you know, can he handle a guy who's more crafty? Can he handle a guy who's going to just stay right in front of him and make things awkward? We'll find out. Main event is a, it's a very high-stakes fight for the guy with favorite. That's Jamie Maniga. Jamie, you know, is, everybody's talking about what he's He's kind of, you know, he's ready to fight one of those big champs, whether it's Demetrius Andre, whether it's Jamal Charlo, who will be fighting also later on that evening, Saturday evening. We'll get to that fight in a bit. He's ready for Triple G. Well, he gets a, he gets a bit of a, um, I call the yard marker here. Camille Zermenta is a guy from Poland who, before he triple, took on Triple G, hey, he was undefeated at 21-0 with five knockouts. This is a guy who had, you know, won against mid-level guys, whether it was Andrew 
Fensaletic. This is a guy who beat Ruben Diaz. You know, had won against a lot of European guys over in that division here. And then he runs into Triple G, and Triple G just destroys Which, hey, look, that happens to a lot of guys. But it, it sort of separated Sismenta as, hey, you know what? He's not you know, a world beater. But now we got now if you're Jamie, you know, Mungia, you got to figure out, you get to, you have to start showing, okay, I'm more than just my record. I am a guy who can get in there and literally, you know, hang in there with guys and, you know, destroy people. He needs, he needs something to show, okay, Triple G and him and is worth it. That Jamal Charlo versus Mungaya is worth it. Because he's won fights here, but a lot of them, you know, you look and go, yeah, sorry, you know, the majority decision over Dennis Hogan, a lot of people thought Hogan won that fight. Yeah, yeah. You know, wins over Liam Smith are nice, you know, Patrick, a lot of you are nice, but, you know, Gary Sullivan, you know, Torino Johnson, they're, they're nice. But at some point, you know, people are going, okay, when is he going to have a big fight? And look, I get it, he's 24 years old, so they don't want to rush him, but it's getting to the point now where it's like, okay, he needs to step up. This, you know, if, Saturday night, this is, this is his chance to get some buzz, start banging a war drum for the big fight. Let's see what he does. I mean, is and look, he could be outboxed. We, we've seen that before when his fight with Hogan, and he got very lucky that it was in Mexico, and he got a very nice, you know, gift decision. But that's a whole different story of a different day. Uh, meanwhile, over in Showtime, it's... Jamal Charlo versus Juan Macias Montiel. It's we have Angelo Leo who'll be taking on Aaron Almeida. To me, that is the best fight of the night. There, you also have Francisco Vargas versus Isaac Cruz Gonzalez. It's a good little card. The undercard fights, I'd say, are better. And look, Charlo is also in that same boat where we keep wondering you know when is Jamal Charlo going to get the big you know you know big money fight and so far the only time he's gotten you know big fights have been well it was a PBC fight you know the other guy also was represented by Al Heyman and look he looked fantastic against Sergey Devyarchenkov he looked you know awesome against Jay Rock Williams at 154 when he was fighting at 154 But you keep wondering, okay, when is when is Triple G fight going to happen? When, when is he going to fight Demetrius Andrade? When is he going to fight Canelo Alvarez? And look, he when he's been in there, you know, outside of I'd say the the Matty Corbera fight where he looked awful, in my opinion, he got he got a very nice, beautiful decision there. He's done what he's needed to do. You know, he beat up Brandon Adams. He knocked out Dennis Hogan. He beat convincingly Sergei Devyarchenkov. I mean, he's done what he's needed to do, and so you keep wondering: okay, when is the PBC going to pull this something out? You know, pull this. When is or when are they going to literally go? It's time to get in that big fight. Because after this, if you're Charlo, it's time. You know, I don't care if you have to sit out, you have to make waves, you have to show up and harass people, like Antonio Tarver did with Roy Jones Jr. He's you know, Jamal Charlo's not getting younger. He's 31 years old. This is now the sort of the prime. And this is now where it's like, okay, Golovkin, Andre, 
Canelo. Well, give me one of those three. Otherwise, don't even talk. So this will be a big fight. You know, it's in terms of he needs a quick knockout against Juan Montiel. He needs to look very dominant and impressive. He needs to show people that, look, you need to put him in there against one of the big three. Otherwise, we're spinning our wheels here. And I think even Charles getting a bit frustrated not having that big major fight yet. That's going to be only, once again, on Showtime. And last but not least, and it's... The main event is pretty good. The rest of the card is sort of, yeah. Uh, ESPN, once again, on top rank. And the main event is Nayo is, uh, Monster Inouye versus Michael Desmarinas. And look, at this point, you know, Desmarinas is a nice fighter. But, you know, this is a guy who has never... One when he's when he's left the same you know when he has left the Philippines. His two losses we know were he had a draw in Singapore against Manuel Plange. He lost his own, his fight when he went to uh, East London against Luandi Sithia. I mean he's he's a good fighter. In a way he's a just whole different beast, and that's I mean as I said. You watch the, you're gonna watch this if you want because Monster in a way is just one of those guys that comes along maybe every decade where you're looking going, oh god, he is just that damn good. And look, I get it, but he needs to have a break here in a way because he has taken on everybody and anybody so far in his career. I mean, you look at his last five fights and you're going, that's murderer's row. Jamie McDonald, you know, was a you know was a WBA you know WBA world bantamweight champion. Starches him in the first round. Juan Carlos Payano, you know, former world champion, only lost once at that time. Starches him in the first round. Uh, you had Emmanuel, you know, Rodriguez, who was the IBF champion. Everybody thought, okay, that's going to be a fantastic, you know, win. This is going to be great. You know, this is going to be a fan, you know, awesome fight. Starches him second round. The Donaire fight keeps looking better and better now as we look as Donaire is now a champion. And he beat Donaire, you know, you know, handily by unanimous decision. And then his final fight, Jason Maloney, a guy who had only lost to Rodriguez. You know, a lot of people thought, hey, you know, it was a, a fight that could have gone either way. And he just dominated Maloney. Seventh round knockout. So, you know what? He deserves a bit of a, you know, and I, I don't mean to disparage Michael... Just Marinas, but it's it's a bit of a you know a, a cupcake fight. Well, for him it's a cupcake fight. Anybody else would be a top you know top fifteen challenge, but this is a guy who is you know just been on fire. And watching him is like you know you are watching something special. That's what, that's the reason to tune in on ESPN top rank box. It's gonna be late, of course. It's gonna be once again around twelve o'clock midnight Eastern time, nine p.m. I'm gonna be asleep, but hey, what? Who you know that's the way it is in boxing, but. We gotta wrap this up because we're almost out of time. So once again, for my wonderful guest, for David Morrell Jr., for Charles Rosa, this is Chris Connor saying, "Have a great weekend, everyone." I'm out of here. Stay tuned for more great action coming up only on Last Call. Last Call for without the alcohol only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network.